0: Trust your gut with Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic. Go to seed.com slash Alana and use code 25ALANA to get 25% off your first month. That's 25% off your first month of Seed's DS01 Daily Symbiotic at seed.com slash Alana code 25ALANA. Thank you, Seed, for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Sometimes we tend to keep things bottled up, we throw them under the rug, and... We just keep forgetting about it, pushing it away, ignoring it until it just gets in our face. And therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest, to take those things that you've been putting away, and figure out how to work through what's weighing you down. I personally used to always bottle things up and ignore them and tell myself I was okay. And I got really tired of doing that until I started to go to therapy regularly. Therapy is a place where you can gain positive coping skills, learn how to set boundaries, empower yourself to be the best version of yourself, and it isn't just for those who have who have experienced major trauma. I personally haven't experienced major trauma and I'm an active user of therapy. Therapy has honestly changed my life and if you're thinking of starting therapy, why not give BetterHelp a try? It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you're capable and able to switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com/alana to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.help.com/alana. Thank you BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode of Morning Ray.
1: Celebrity voice impersonation, not an endorsement. Why go to a single furniture store when you can go to Big Sandy Superstore? Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture. With financing plans for just about anyone, there's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about
1: anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom?
0: Being super busy can make it really easy to fall into a dinner time recipe rut, or even with your lunches. Any meal, honestly, can get you into a rut, especially with a busy schedule this fall. You can keep mealtime exciting with over 40 recipes to choose from every single week, so there's always something delicious to discover with HelloFresh. It's truly a no-brainer. It does all the shopping and meal planning for you. Ingredients arrive at your doorstep pre-proportioned and ready to cook along with pictured step-by-step recipe cards. It's never been easier. I personally love HelloFresh as a way to get exposure to new recipes, make my life a bit easier as a busy 20-year-old in the city and I love that it's worry-free, it's super easy, it's convenient, and gets delivered straight to my door. Go to HelloFresh.com 50Ray and use code 50Ray for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50RAE and use code 50Ray, 50RAE for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit, and thank you for sponsoring today's episode of Morning Ray. Hello, good morning, angels, and welcome back to Morning Ray. I'm your host, Lani or Alana, whatever you want to call me. I'm back with the shtick. I think it's going to stick. That rhymed. But anyways, I'm super excited for today's episode. I know I say this every single week. Like, come on, Lanny, like, stop saying it. But guys, seriously, like, I'm really excited. I am having Alexis Barber on the podcast. I discovered her from her episode on DST, Diet Stars Tomorrow, which is one of the OG podcasts that I started listening to. And I think you guys are really going to like the episode. We talk a lot about her experience of her health and wellness journey, her experience transitioning into intuitive eating after foregoing diet culture, the whole F Factor T and her experience being on DST, working for YouTube, what's it like, a day in the life, and so much more. So definitely stay tuned for that. But until then, let's get into our weekly intention. So guys, it's reading week here in Canada, well, in Toronto, I don't really know how The other universities and colleges work here. But at Ryerson, we're on reading week, which is essentially our spring break or like a study week. So my weekly intention and theme and in light of it being reading week is to get ahead of my schoolwork and to prep for midterms. I think I have two midterms. So I want to start preparing for my midterms. I want to study, you know, like be a good diligent student. So my plan is to get ahead on my schoolwork. I have some assignments coming up and then to also prepare for my midterms so that I am a stunning queen student and I can get honor list again, because I really do want that. Anyways. Okay. So let's go on to our tip of the week. In light of our weekly intention, I came up with this tip of the week, but it's to essentially make a big to-do list. Now, hold up, Lani, like a big to-do list, like that is super stressful to look at, but here is where my tip comes in. What you're going to do is you're going to have a big to-do list of everything that you want to get done for the week. Or the month, however long you want this list to get done. Then you're going to break it down. So you're going to break it down based on a daily basis. So, what do you want to prioritize on Monday and make Mondays focus? Then, what do you want to prioritize and make Tuesdays focus? And so on. This will really help you feel like that list is a lot more manageable, will make you feel a lot more productive and efficient in your work because you're g- going to be able to really focus on just one task at a time. You know, you feel me? You know, I love my time blocking and like batching my work. So, highly recommend but guys I know you're gonna be super excited about this so basically what my therapist said is back I had therapy last week and so I'm sharing it with you guys well actually for you guys it will be two weeks ago but th- besides the point you're getting what my therapist said what Tamara said my bestie we kind of started to tiptoe into this we didn't really like dive full in we kind of just like dipped our toes in the sand or in the water, whatever you want to say the phrases. But we're talking about being passive versus assertive. And this comes to anything like in your life. So passive is like when you kind of just like let things go with the flow. You let other people kind of take control, take the reins, make all the decisions versus assertive is you're very forward about like how you feel, like what you want to communicate and being upfront about it. And I can be very assertive in like the workplace and in school and in my life with like my friends for the most part or with my parents. But I find sometimes like when it comes to a more romantic relationship or maybe something that I'm not as confident in or have as high of a self-esteem in my abilities to do so, I'm a bit more passive and kind of like hold back on my opinions and thoughts. So my like takeaway from this is to learn how to be more assertive and to encourage yourselves to be more assertive and to not be scared about the what-ifs or the so what's of what could happen if you are assertive, like and go down that negative thinking and overthinking pathway. My goal is to be more assertive, not to be rude, but just to communicate what's on my mind and to ensure that I'm getting like my needs are being fulfilled. So, passive versus assertive, knowing when to take either stance and knowing how to be assertive and how to be assertive towards getting what you want and what you need in a very reasonable way. Our last segment is our current faves. So, Well, my current faves. My first one is castor oil. Guys, I know this has been like a thing that's been trending on TikTok and Instagram and social media as a whole for a while now, but I'm kind of just hopping on it now. Please don't kill me. But I've been using it on my eyelashes, particularly every single night. I got this really cool kit from Amazon. I'll have it linked in the show notes for you. But essentially, it was this big bottle of castor oil, which came with like a special nozzle, like on the lid already. And then it came with an empty mascara bottle, like a little mini one and the mascara brush and everything. And I put the castor oil in there. And basically every night when I take off all my eye makeup, I take the castor oil and I put a light amount on my eyelashes, both the top and the bottom. And for my top lashes, I make sure to coat underneath. And then like I look down and coat on top and guys it's literally like even after two days of doing this I noticed my lashes are so much like more luscious and voluminous and like when I put my mascara on I love using the ilia limitless lash mascara which is like an all-natural clean beauty brand from sephora my lashes are so much more full and voluminous and wow like I'm in shock like actually shook and then I'm also want to start using it on my scalp. So I used it once already when I was doing Olaplex, but I just literally poured it onto my scalp and massaged it in. Apparently it's really good for hair growth and scalp health and everything because it's really hydrating. So I will report back on how it affects my hair and how it continues to affect my lashes. I've also been putting a little bit on my eyebrows for like a fuller brow look, but I will report back when I start to see more significant results with castor oil. Hop on that. Favorite number two, flat whites. You guys already know I'm obsessed, but more specifically right now, I'm a little obsessed with them from like local coffee shops. So whenever I'm downtown in Toronto, I've been getting them as like my go-to order. I've been getting them with either almond milk or oat milk. Super good. Highly recommend it. I got a double shot if I get like a medium size. Super good. I believe that they're Australian based, but I highly recommend a flat white. Now, the difference between a flat white and a latte, the flat white is a lot more aerated in terms of like the frothing of like the milk. And it typically has like that little circle in the middle of like, it's like coffee on the outside, on the top of it, if you were to open the lid and that has a little circle on the inside. Um, But that's the flat white. And it's also like how it's poured. I think like they pull the, milk frother i'm like demonstrating as if you could see me but you can't see me so it's super good i highly recommend flat whites with oat milk or almond milk or whatever milk you choose but highly recommend them especially from local coffee shops they're also half the price there compared to starbucks starbucks is like seven dollars versus like a coffee shop it's like four dollars So highly recommend my last favorite before I bring Alexis onto the podcast is new hair care kind of goes hand in hand with the castor oil. So as recommended by Kayla, my nutritionist, be well with Kayla guys, I keep mentioning her everywhere. I'm currently wearing her merch. So the L'Oreal Dreamlinks shampoo and conditioner, I know it's not like a clean shampoo and conditioner, but you know what, we're going back to like basic drugstore hair care right now. Um, This one actually has castor oil in it. So I've been using that. Kayla said it really helped with her hair health. It's for long damaged hair. They also have the L'Oreal Dream Length Sleek, which is for long frizzy hair. But I've been using that. And then I also picked up the Olaplex bonding oil, which I'm using in collaboration with my Bond Smoother, which is like the leave-in cream. Um, So I'm really liking these products and I'm really liking how my hair is feeling, smelling, looking, and I will keep you updated if my hair grows. But anyways, guys, I'm super excited to bring Alexis onto the pod. I hope you enjoy the podcast. And here's my little chat with Alexis. Love you. Welcome to Morning Ray, Alexis. How are you?
2: Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing very well. It's a very cold Friday in New York, but I'm making it happen. So how about you?
0: I'm pretty good. It's freezing here in Toronto as well. I guess the East Coast is just giving us really cold vibes.
2: (laughs) It's too much. I was going to go on a walk today and I saw it was 17 degrees outside and I was like, absolutely not. So
0: yeah it's really cold so for those who don't know you who are you where are you from and what is your zodiac sign
2: Oh my God, great questions. (laughs) So for those who don't know me, my name is Alexis Barber. You may know me from my Instagram, which is formerly at wellnessalexis, where I used to sort of talk about wellness and dieting, but now I've sort of transitioned over to self-love, self-confidence and just sort of sharing my lifestyle, organization, I love organization. (laughs) I love just like living my best life and giving people you know, just access to see what mine is like. I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, so Midwestern girl here, but I went to college in Chicago, and then I just moved to New York technically for my job, but we do work from home, so I just wanted to be here, in all (laughs) honesty. Zodiac sign, I'm a Sagittarius sun, but a Leo moon and Aries rising, so triple fire sign, and it gets the best of me sometimes, but I love it
0: she's feisty
2: yes (laughs) clearly yes clearly
0: i'm Mm. a leo sun a gemini moon and a libra rising
2: libra rising see i've like recently learned that your rising sign means like way more than your sun sign yeah and that has been very eye-opening for me
0: Yes and the moon sign I learned my therapist was like it's like you have like a paradox like there's two versions of you and I'm like Mm. my moon sign is a Gemini. Gemini.
2: (laughs) Yes like I have a Leo moon and yesterday was a Leo full moon and I was like the emotions did like show up for me it was crazy but I 100% agree and whenever I read the horoscopes for like Aries I'm like yeah that's so true for me right now so it's nice i feel like astrology is a great way to like do self-reflection and learn about yourself
0: yeah it's so fun and it's kind of like a cool like way to connect with other people
2: especially totally. like,
0: I find like females are very into it I've right met many men. exactly
2: <laughs> yeah there's you know with all the like stock market oh stuff going on right now people are saying like <laughs> the stock market is straight men's astrology <laughs> yeah because they don't do anything else I told my boyfriend that he's like he always makes fun of me for astrology and then he's over here like not shutting up about gamestop and i'm like sir (laughs) like you could never so
0: you mentioned how your instagram used to be wellness with alexis and so what is your earliest memory of like your health and wellness journey what is like the first thing that comes to mind like Mm. this is when it all started
1: oh
2: this is a good question so i probably i guess i grew up in a low-income household where there was a lot of There was health issues from my grandma who was like obese and like we had like a history of being overweight and like cancer and all this stuff in our family, but I never really like... I don't know my father was apparently i don't know him very well but he was like very fit so like mm-hmm. i didn't really have those problems that my like mom's side of the family did until i went to boarding school for grade 7 through 12 and so my boarding school was very predominantly asian and white and that's when i sort of first like understood health and wellness in a different way mm-hmm. um and because obviously like they're feeding you all their food like it's a different culture about like food as well but it really sort of became a part of my life when i was diagnosed with ms when i was 15. so it was very much like i never really like cared about what i looked like or you know any of that prior to that but then when i was diagnosed there was a lot of pressure to be really healthy because um it's a lot of people with autoimmune diseases find it very um helpful when they go on a certain diet especially people with ms so i never restricted or thought about my appearance necessarily in, a, in that form until mm-hmm. i was supposed to be eating like all these different diets to manage my ms And that created a lot of resentment for me. So I hated having MS. I hated having to do the shots and like go to the hospital. Like I just wanted to be like a normal teenager, um, which I already wasn't because I went to like this super competitive boarding school, which was very like stressful. Mm -hmm. So I essentially like that's where it started for me. And it's probably my earliest like formative memory about health and wellness.
0: Wow, I actually have a close family member that has MS. So I can totally relate like the struggle of not being like sure like I want to do this but at the same time I just want to be normal Um, was it scary for you to get that diagnosis
2: yeah i mean i had gone to summer camp for six years it was my last year at summer camp it's supposed to be like this big thing and in the middle of the summer i got this really crazy feeling of like half my body was like numb all the time and i didn't understand why They thought it was lyme disease we went through like six months once i got home like six months of tests like of like what was wrong with me and So it was very scary because I didn't know. And when I got the diagnosis, like the one thing about MS is that you never know when a new symptom can arise or Mm -hmm. what's going to trigger it or what's going to make it go away. Like it is the most difficult disease to like predict. And I think that it was probably put into my life because I was an obsessive planner and still kind of am. But to to sort of just (laughs) right to just sort of like show me that I didn't have control over my life so it was very scary to get the diagnosis especially when i was like so young and knew that like this was going to probably be with me for the rest of my life and i didn't really do a good job of processing it and i still probably haven't like accepted that it's there but it's a very it was definitely something where i was like freaked out especially cuz I didn't know what it was yeah. you know it's not a very like popular diagnosis so when you do know what it is it's usually because like it's gotten really bad with someone you do know so Otherwise, it's been managed since, but it's definitely a thing in the back of my mind that frustrates me.
0: And what was going to boarding school like? I feel like in the movies, Mm -hmm. I don't know, I just picture like Wild Child.
2: Yeah, (laughs) it's funny. I mean, so honestly, I look back at boarding school and it was really funny and very dramatic like the drama was like (laughs) out of control like the things we were doing and the things we were like talking about and the friend groups i just like have to laugh when i look back at it it was truly crazy but like i said extremely competitive and we had like horrible grade deflation so everyone was like working so hard just so that we could all i don't know get into the best colleges Mm -hmm. and the school was definitely there was a lot of racism among teachers and then Since it was a primarily white and Asian community, like a lot of the Asians were international students and didn't really understand like the racism of Mm -hmm. the United States. And also our teachers were often pretty ignorant about it despite being like very intelligent. So it was really hard for me towards the end of it as like I began to challenge that rhetoric. But like in general, I think it was a great education, but socially absurd
0: yes do you think being in that environment really opened your eyes up to like how society is and did it like impact i guess you said like it was really hard at the end but did you realize mm-hmm. like you went when you're in grade seven like that's still pretty mm-hmm. young was it something you realized later on or like right away
2: yeah i think that it was interesting because i went to a black elementary school so like black culture I, and like my dad was black i still felt like I was raised differently Mm -hmm. than a lot of other people. So when I got to boarding school, and boarding school obviously is expensive. I was on a full scholarship, but everyone who was there was like millionaires and billionaires. So since that was my whole world, I thought that like that was the norm and the culture that comes with like being rich is what I was like applying to myself even though it was not my reality and I was embarrassed of that. That was like where it started for me where I would start to stifle my personality and who I truly was in order to appeal to what other people wanted so that I could Mm -hmm. fit in and in boarding school that was very much about being like rich and you know being really smart and getting into good schools and stuff but in college it turned into like continuing of that like professional like wanting to succeed while also being like about my body so it definitely started in boarding school and then escalated into more and more like putting all these layers of like what I thought Mm -hmm. I should be on top of like who I really was.
0: Do you think in college, you kind of had like a wake up moment where you were able to find yourself? Or do you think it was more so after college once you've Mm -hmm. kind of left that social scene? Like I know for me... I know it's like on a totally different scale but i used to go to college away from home and Mm -hmm. that was like kind of with the whole bubble and once i left that bubble and went to college in the city and kind of separated myself from like those old friend groups those old social circles i was able Mm -hmm. to like kind of wake up and be like this is who i actually am not who Mm -hmm. i'm trying to be do you think you had a moment like that
2: i think there's been a series of moments honestly where it's been like in uh, so many different ways of like finding myself i would say but i would say most recently it was sort of in the pandemic after college like about a year ago i was like in a pretty like negative headspace where i was super insecure and i guess just like was not confident in any of my accomplishments like i still had like i had what you would say like had it all on the outside like I went to this incredible college I had a great GPA I had a great boyfriend was in the quote like best sorority was like the head of multiple clubs and was about to graduate and go work at like the number one company in the world but I literally hated myself and I didn't really let anyone in I didn't know how to be vulnerable I was my female friends friendships were suffering because a lot of those people i just couldn't really be my Mm -hmm. full self with and so i wasn't really it was like all fake and i had all these trust issues of just like seeing other people like talk shit about others and so i was very afraid to open up or to be honest about anything because i wasn't confident in who i was Um, and i don't blame myself for that because when you are like a a minority in a space that's different it's very normal to feel like you need to put on a show in order Mm -hmm. to fit in like it is a survival strategy and i do not like fault myself for that but i do now know that i'm not meant to just pretend anymore and that i'm allowed to be myself but i still struggle with doing that on a daily basis so the awakening sort of i guess happened when i when a lot of the George Floyd protests broke out and it was no longer okay to be silent. Mm -hmm. And for me, I had so much of my personality stifled when I spoke up about Mike Brown years prior when I was in high school. So I just like thought that being outspoken and passionate was like not okay for me to do. So even though it was still kind of there, it wasn't to this full extent that it was naturally for me so speaking up and then recognizing that i had been like just distracted by trying to impress others for so long that i didn't even know how to impress myself like Mm -hmm. do i like myself do i enjoy what i'm doing like did i do all of this stuff for me or did i do it for other people to think i was smart cool or pretty you know so um i started asking myself all those questions and eventually like it's it's turned into like a big journey of just really focusing on self-reflection and making my decisions from a place of like do i want to do this or is someone else telling me i should
0: wow wow where would you say you are now since like realizing how to like make yourself happy what would you say like the progress you've made is now, and like, mm-hmm. how do you feel about yourself now, and your voice, and the impact you are making?
2: Mm-hmm. I still struggle with some with confidence for sure, and I think that came because of the pressure of being on social media. So, my Instagram like accidentally blew up in like September and October, and now it's January, and I've had this like small following for a while, and I sort of freaked out because I didn't really know what to do with it like I was mm-hmm. really anxious and like anxious about keeping the followers about impressing them or about being myself and a lot of them are like white women who are like a little bit older and like I don't necessarily know if the content or my life or anything they're seeing is like resonant or helpful or educational so honestly I think that was like a whole nother type of insecurity mm-hmm. was like this in internet pressure to be XYZ but As I freaked out about that over time, everyone would always say like, just be yourself, just be yourself. And so I'm coming into a place where it's like, I'm going to be myself no matter what and trying to balance that with producing things that are, you know, valuable and trying to just like narrow down where my true confidence comes from and making sure that it doesn't fall into new forms of external validation. Like in college, the external validation was the good job the good clubs, the good, all of that stuff. And now the external validation can come from things like the amount of followers or the like at work or like having like xyz ratings at work you know Mm -hmm. so by not letting i try to like really separate my worth from those like numerical things and really focus on doing things that make me happy and like making content that i i enjoy making and not doing it because other people are doing it or for other people too but it's hard. I still have to stop myself a lot. Like, for example, I'm at like 6,500 followers and I've been there for like, or in that like few hundred mm-hmm. range for like a few months now. And it still bothers me. I'm like, why am I not growing? Like, why is this happening? And so it's about flipping that narrative for me to be like, I'm not only grateful for the people who do follow me, but mm-hmm. I'm grateful for the people who are unfollowing me because those people. I don't want to be a part of like this community I'm building if it's not for them, you know? So yeah. I refocus like when I'm creating content, like did I do this for me or, or for the helping of others or did I do it to grow my following, you know? So if it's yeah. coming from like a bad place, it's not gonna reap good rewards. So that that's just like one example of it. Of course, this is happening in many yeah. other forms of <laughs> my life too, but I think it's more easily digestible that way.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree on like, Getting caught up in the numbers and I've definitely been there and I still struggle with it, but I've learned like I rather have a small following of people that support me and want to follow me for me and whatever I do than have a million more followers that kind of just like swipe by me or don't really care for what i'm posting or value me Mm -hmm. so i think it's great that you're realizing that now Mm -hmm. because i think so many people just do it for the sake of like getting a million likes on a photo or growing super fast and honestly it can be really overwhelming i grew pretty slow and (laughs) it was like really nice and like you got like So you really know like your community and you learn a lot about yourself and what you want to give value to. Mm -hmm. So you're on the right path.
2: Thank you. (laughs) I appreciate it. Yeah.
0: So you work for YouTube what is that like
2: it's cool i mean i work on a team that's sort of between both youtube and google because google owns youtube the companies are owned but like i think the teams are different for like marketing purposes so it's interesting because i get to see both sides of it and work at a company that honestly has influenced my life so much and like our generation just like wouldn't be who we are without Mm -hmm. youtube so it's very fun i feel like i get to criticize like the way things are being run in a way that hopefully will like make a change in the future
0: what would you say like a day in the life like give Mm -hmm. me like your Monday to Friday like from your morning routine to the time you go to bed like give me like the summary of what goes on
2: okay I gotta give the morning routine is like very specific and it's a little new so I'll, I'll explain so I wake up around six sometimes I stay in bed till seven I won't lie to you and I like to journal and meditate meditation is something very new to me and I'm not super good at it but I do journal which is very important for me to make space for self-reflection because otherwise I don't get creative or I can't really get into flow and have to get everything in my head out um, it was really hard I'm not good at like sticking to that type of thing so um, I've talked about it on my Instagram how important it is for me Then I've I've been working out in the morning, which is nice. I like to do weights and strength and then like sometimes treadmill or go on a walk, have breakfast, coffee and then get to work. So for work, my whole team is on the West Coast. So I'm three hours ahead, which Mm -hmm. means I usually get two to three hours in the morning to actually do my work, which I usually start by reading industry newsletters, listening to podcasts and getting a good understanding of what's going on in like tech, digital media and video and then I move into emails. (laughs) Inbox (laughs) is a real thing and it's painful. And then I get into like whatever project I'm working on. So that could mean I'm like building a deck, writing a strategy, communicating with creative partners. And then I will usually have meetings for like the entire afternoon or into the evening. And those are usually like meetings with my manager, one on ones with other people on my team, one on ones with people in the company that I'm like interested in talking to or just like clearing up projects and working on strategy with other people who are like maybe not on my direct team, but are like like closely related mm-hmm. to whatever project we are planning on launching. So then because I'm on basically on West Coast time, sometimes that'll trickle into my evening, which is why I stopped working out in the evening because you never know when like you're yeah. gonna get a ping from someone and have to do work. So then I will like sort of t- take time to relax and I'm trying to like use this time to build my Instagram, but I don't put too much pressure on like content creation. And then I make dinner watch tv journal (laughs) read and go to bed that's sort of my monday through friday
0: i love it i'm also an early riser i try to get up at 6 30. i have like a very specific morning routine our routines are quite similar
2: love it (laughs) there's so it's so necessary to (laughs) have that time like i really notice a difference when i don't journal for a few days or even if i don't work out it's like necessary
0: yeah, like you kind of like feel off, like mm-hmm. something's missing. Exactly. I'm curious, as like YouTube is owned by Google, do you guys use Zoom or do you use like Google Oh my god, Meet?
2: no. We use Google Meet. It was okay. so funny because <laughs> so in Google Meet, they didn't have like breakout rooms until like september or october so like in zoom like obviously i did i did my last quarter of college online so we were in breakout rooms 24 7. like on my team like there was this one day we were having like a team like offsite, but it was like online and they mm-hmm. put us in breakout rooms and all these like 30 and 40 year olds they're like oh my gosh, this is such an incredible (laughs) invention. Like, I can't believe we did that. And then I realized that like, they've only used Google Meet for the entire like pandemic. So they'd never been in a breakout room. Oh my God. And I was like dying at that. So yes, we use Google, we use Google Meet, Google Sheets, all like all the Google Suite, G Suite products. And I personally use them for all of high school and college. So like, I love it, but I know some people are partial to the Microsoft brand.
0: I switch back and forth between the two because i work in store at lulemon so all of their mm. stuff is microsoft but mm. i personally use like gmail and docs and slides yes. and everything but then i have like my microsoft stuff like on my computer so i'm like mm. in between it all but google calendar is my life savior.
2: see that's the thing is i hate google calendar what? i hate it like i love <laughs> Apple calendar because, like, you can move faster. Like, you can only look at like a month by like January or February in Google Calendar. You can't look like at half of each, and it drives me insane. But I have to use Google Calendar for work, so like, I've just like reluctantly become a Google Calendar user.
0: I used to use Apple's like iCal or whatever, but then mm-hmm. when I started working like big girl jobs, like, everyone I know. uses, uses like, G Cal, so I had to switch, and yes. now I really like it. Yes. <laughs> you were on diet starts tomorrow which was one of like the first podcasts i listened to yeah what was that whole experience like i'm honestly so curious
2: oh my god it was so chill i mean sammy especially has become like a very close like friend and mentor to me which is wonderful but it sort of happened because of the f factor drama controversy that i became unwillingly embroiled in (laughs) and so diet starts tomorrow had been covering that story for a while and when my page blew up a little bit i wanted i made a post being like i now that i have this platform i really want to bring attention to things that matter to me such as like racism in the food industry and how like black women are consistently like have eating disorders at like a higher rate than white women and are much less likely to be treated for them and going over like those just important things to me and so they reached out and saw us and checked if I wanted to come on the show and we scheduled it. it was like a zoom call super easy but it was really nice to talk to them and I love their podcast as well it's one of the first podcasts I listened to myself mm-hmm. and so it was a big full circle moment because I had been reading Betches since I like back when it was a website Betches loved this like when I was like 12 or 13 years old with my camp friends and so it was really cool and I really admire them so it was awesome
0: wow maybe one day you can work for Betches
2: you know I love (laughs) Betch. I love (laughs) Betches I 100% would like definitely I can't wait to see where they go
0: I love the movement of like where diet starts tomorrow is going with like intuitive eating and everything because Mm -hmm. Within this past year, I've moved on from diet culture and it's mm-hmm. been a struggle and I had to like take a break from them because I was a bit ahead in the intuitive eating journey when they were still talking a mm-hmm. bit about diets. But I love how they are now sharing their journey and are promoting intuitive eating and foregoing diet culture and their experiences. Mm-hmm. So I'm also curious to hear your experience because I know that you've been on an intuitive eating journey yourself so Mm -hmm. i would love to hear a little bit about that
2: sure so for me the probably like the dieting i mentioned like i got ms when i was 15 Mm -hmm. so like i was put on these like diets they weren't like eat less calories they were just like eat certain foods you Mm -hmm. know so i was not like restricting or calorie counting in high school but when i got to college i was in a sorority that was like predominantly white and very like wealthy new york city and so that trickled into like food for me and it's not like anybody would talk about eating disorders but like you always knew when somebody had an eating disorder and we we had like a really good chef in our sorority so like everyone would go eat because we had like really good food so it almost became this thing of like who cannot care more about eating in front of people or you know like I think the whole vibe of my school was about being really chill. But like if you go to a top 10 school and are this like successful, you can't be chill like because it requires so much work. Like we're all lying to ourselves. So it was a really weird thing to try and balance. So I got to this point where like I would not really talk about the fact that I was like restricting or not eating or trying to lose weight or whatever. But like you had to be both like self-deprecating, eat whatever you want and like not care about what you looked like while also looking really hot every weekend to go out. So it was a really weird thing to balance. And so I was like, felt very alone in wanting to change my body because I felt like everyone else like just was like naturally perfect and pretty because no one talked about what they were really Mm -hmm. doing to stay looking like that. So I like had heard about this diet effector for or like from the girls in the house and I couldn't ever really do it because I didn't have control over my food but then when I finally did have control over my food during the pandemic I started following it religiously and that led to a cycle of like binging and restricting for me that was like pretty unhealthy and was like of course encouraged by Instagram culture and then I moved into getting rid of that through the summer's controversies so F Factor started to be criticized heavily by another influencer, Emily Gellis. And I like learned about like a lot of people's experiences through that. But more so at the same time, the George Floyd protests started ramping up, and I noticed like no one in this community really was talking about that yeah. when it was really important to me. Also, like for those few weeks where I was like just mentally consumed by the whole thing. I wasn't thinking about what I was eating and I was completely fine. So that is really what took me from focusing on like losing weight and being a part of this like very rich white elitist like diet culture on Instagram Mm -hmm. to thinking about how like this whole industry has been designed to keep women from using their brains and using their voices and instead using all that energy to focus on like how little calories they can eat so they yeah. can look a certain way so that other people can think they're like skinny or valuable or smart. And I was like, I am way too smart to be on a diet. Like I am way too smart to be sitting here and like focused on this when like I have all this experience, accolades, this voice that I could be using for the better. Or I could just be using all that energy also just to love myself instead of mm-hmm. constantly wanting to change myself. Preach it. So <laughs> I was like, literally, this is such Yes, because when you really sit back and look at it and you realize like the roots of diet culture and then you realize like how much time you've really spent on it instead of spending oh God, time on yourself. Yes. And then <laughs> how much time, right, how much time everyone around you spends on that. And when you look at your friends and you see these like really smart, beautiful women who are like worried about what they look like. You're like, how could you be so consumed by something like this? And you're like, wow, like we are all, but then you do it yourself. You're like, wow, we are all doing way too much and need to focus on first self-love and then providing that love to other people.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. About like the whole like unspokenness about it in like college Mm. and everything. Like, yeah, I definitely experienced that. All my friends, like when you go out and you drink and like it's like we're having the pizza, like you're getting Mm. like all like the junk food. I guess you could say the late night snacks. Oh, you don't want some or like if you don't want it. Mm. But then you need to have this like perfect, like petite, small toned body and Mm -hmm. you're supposed to just naturally have it. But meanwhile, like in your head, like you're thinking about, oh, I can't eat tonight because I'm going out. Or you don't
2: eat at all so that you can look skinny when you go to this thing and then you black out and then you're Mm -hmm. eating all this food and it's like such a vicious cycle. Yeah. It can be glorified (laughs) in such a problematic way too. It's like, oh, I've only eaten this all day or it's there's the college's culture of like all of that unspoken like... (laughs) BS is so toxic and so frustrating. (laughs)
0: So frustrating. On to yeah. a little bit of a lighter note. You mm-hmm. are a fellow curly girl.
2: Yes, my hair is
0: very frizzy right now. <laughs> I'm
2: with <laughs> you. I'm on like day five of wash, so it's just doing too much. But yeah,
0: do you have like your favorite hair care products? A curly girl hair routine? Like, give me the sure. Dates. So
2: here's the details. I usually wash like once a week or every five days. Five days is usually when it gets like. Problematic. And <laughs> I do a like thick Shea Moisture or Curls Blueberry Bliss hair mask, which is the best. Then I do shampoo conditioner i'm trying out pattern right now and i really like it it's just kind of expensive then i do a leave-in conditioner oil and then cream on my hair and do like two french braids usually for like half the week and then the rest of the week it's just like a braid out and i like refresh and my favorite thing is like i don't know what the name of it is but it's like the curls like cream it's like an orange bottle it smells really good like vanilla and i do that (laughs) and then like i know that eco styler is like bad for you but i still do it on my like on the top of my head so i get like less frizz and that is my routine and i don't really do anything else and i only use heat on my hair like one or two times a year if i straighten it sometimes in the summer and usually in the winter one or two times too
0: okay okay i used to braid my hair when i was younger but i stopped doing that and now i've just been like I'll just like scrunch the product in. Mm, And then I do scrunch when I
2: like when I refresh my hair, like I do mist and then I scrunch the cream in. So that's what I do when I'm like redoing it once it's already dry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But of course, you know, you have to wet it. Yes. and all the stuff so much work
0: so much work but we're just sleeping with it you never right. know if like, i maybe never know. the next day is it gonna hold itself is it gonna wake up and i'm gonna look like a mad woman that was struck literally. with lightning
2: like that's like you <laughs> literally never know so sometimes if i can remember i'll put it in just two regular braids before i go to bed so that way like the next day it's not wild but then sometimes i get too lazy and just do a bun you gotta do silk pillowcases, though. That's like probably all I can say. No, like, because you never know what's gonna yeah. happen otherwise.
0: Yeah, I have silk pillowcases. That was probably like the best like update to my Literally. sleeping situation.
2: Gotta have it. It's necessary.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we're just gonna round this up. But mm. do you have any pieces of advice that you want to leave the listeners with? some words um, of wisdom
2: <laughs> i guess my big thing is always like you're too smart to be on a diet and more importantly you're too smart to not love yourself and loving yourself first means like taking the time to do self-reflection because if you don't figure out what your values are and what you care about then other people will tell you and you'll start living for other people instead of for yourself. So making real time to sit down and self-reflect however that looks for you is probably the best thing you can do to invest in yourself before you just start living life for other people. So I hope that helps in some way. I love
0: it, I love it. And where can the listeners find you? And don't forget to plug your own pod because you have one.
2: Yes, of course. (laughs) So you can find me at Alexis Barber on Instagram at Alexis Weber underscore on TikTok. I'm trying to do big things at the TikTok. (laughs) And my podcast is called Too Smart for This.
0: Perfect. And I'll have that linked all down below. Thank you so much for coming on the pod. I appreciate your time.
2: Of course. It was so fun. Thank you so much for having me
0: course well if you guys enjoyed this podcast make sure to rate review and subscribe if you liked it it really helps support the pod i love you guys so much and we'll chat soon bye guys
1: celebrity voice impersonation not an endorsement why go to a single furniture store when you can go to big sandy superstore Shop and compare America's top five mattress brands, plus Nectar and Purple. And choose from over 22,000 in-stock appliances from the top brands at the guaranteed lowest price. Or furnish the room of your dreams with a large selection of American-built furniture with financing plans for just about anyone. There's nowhere else quite like it. Big Sandy Superstore. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy
2: discovered Jumbacasino.com It's my little escape.
1: Now Judy's the life of the party.
2: Oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon.
1: Whoa take it easy Judy. <laughs>